Nation. Welcome to an extra special trade deadline edition of the Phillies Nation podcast. We're recording this on Friday night, July 28th. It's about 1045 at night. And a lot has happened. Uh, Honestly, I was going to record this talking about what might happen at the trade deadline, which is Monday. And there's still plenty that could happen between now and then. But already the Phillies have made some moves and we have to talk about what's happening here First off, the Pat Neshek move that was made on Wednesday. We'll have more on that in a moment. But the Phillies just made another trade, it, literally in the last half an hour, and we have to talk about that for a second. The Phillies have traded Howie Kendrick to the Washington Nationals in exchange for left-handed pitcher Mackenzie Mills, plus some money uh, for the international draft. The Phillies also throwing in cash in the deal. Mackenzie Mills, a very interesting prospect. Uh, he is right now currently in Class A ball. He was playing in Hagerstown in the South Atlantic League, same league as the Lakewood Blue Claws. And Mills right now, 3.01 ERA in about 104 innings. He has 118 strikeouts and 22 walks. Six foot four, 205-pound left-hander, big guy, has some good raw stuff. Fastball can get into low 90s. He's got a working curveball and changeup. Still kind of raw, but definitely a lot of promise. The Nationals uh, had ranked, he was ranked at least 18th Major League Baseball Pipeline, MLB Pipeline, I should say, ranked him 18th in their top prospects list for the Nationals. And he's the kind of guy that could potentially top out as maybe a back-end starter or even a late-innings reliever. He has that kind of stuff. And left-handed pitchers, are very hard to find when they're good. So it's a pretty shrewd move for the Phillies. Kendrick had been oft injured this year, had a very good season with the Phillies, hit 340 with a 397 on base percentage, 454 slug, couple home runs, bunch of doubles, good season. Very, very good to have on the team. Veteran presence never was a problem. Always very, very good to have in the lineup. And we're going to miss him. But to be able to flip him over to a team that needs offense in the Nationals or looking for some help on the bench to flip him to the Nationals and get a pretty decent prospect in exchange. Pretty good move. Plus, he gets some international slot money, which is fantastic. It just helps them out a little bit more when they want to pick up some interesting players in the international signing period. So a good move for the Phillies. Mackenzie Mills looks like a pretty good lottery ticket. We're going to talk lottery tickets in a moment with Ryan Shoppy, who's with uh, PurpleRow.com, which is a Colorado Rockies website in SB Nation's network. We're going to talk to him about the haul that the Phillies got in the Pat Neshek trade, three players who are very interesting we should talk about, um, and I will talk more with Ryan about that. Meanwhile, more stuff happening right now. If you may or may not know, if you're watching the Phillies game this evening, the Phillies were supposed to throw... Jeremy Hellickson out there against the Atlanta Braves. They decided to pull Hellickson about 20 minutes from his start, and immediately all the talk started to ha- uh, kind of, you know, pop in the air like popcorn. Were the Phillies going to make a move here today? And we've been waiting, waiting, waiting. Nothing happened, but right now there seems to be something happening. Uh, Todd Zalecki just reporting uh, over Twitter that the Phillies are pretty close for a deal with Jeremy Hellickson uh, with the Orioles. So currently the Orioles looking to get Jeremy Hellickson. And before we are done here in this special podcast, uh, we'll see what happens. But it looks like the Phillies might be trading Jeremy Hellickson to the Baltimore Orioles. Todd Zalecki reporting it. 
Ken Rosenthal was the first one to have it. We should mention that. Ken Rosenthal, who is a must-follow. He is by himself now on Facebook and on Twitter. You should follow him because he knows what's going on. But Rosenthal reporting, Zolecki backing it up, that the Phillies are finalizing a trade with the Orioles involving Jeremy Hellickson. That is close to happening. We will let you know when that happens. Hopefully that will happen before I'm done recording here. The idea is I'm recording for about a half an hour. We'll get the interview with Ryan Shoppy of the Purple Row in here in just a few minutes. And then hopefully we'll have a trade to report. Um, potentially the Phillies will have an opening in the starting rotation. And we'll have more prospects in the system. Currently, though, another prospect coming in tonight. The Phillies getting Mackenzie Mills from the Washington Nationals as they trade Howie Kendrick over to Washington. Mills, again, a a 6'4-inch, 205-pound left-hander with a 301 ERA, 118 strikeouts, and 22 walks this season for Class A Hagerstown. Really good numbers. A 10.1 strikeout per nine ratio, a 1.9 walk per nine ratio, a fastball that sits in the lower 90s, a curveball that is working, a changeup that is working, a good raw pitcher who has a lot of room to grow, could potentially be a back end starter, potentially even a late innings reliever with really good fastball stuff. So good stuff for the Phillies. They flip Howie Kendrick, who was oft injured, had a little bit of a good run with the Phillies, put up some great offensive numbers, but they were able to turn him around to the Nationals and get back a pretty decent prospect in exchange. Meanwhile, the Phillies, of course, dealing Pat Neshek earlier in the week to the Rockies, getting three guys in return, Jose Gomez, um, R.J. Hammer was in that deal, and also, um, I forget the guy's name, uh, Rakenia uh, was also in that deal. Three really interesting players, and again, we'll talk in a moment with Ryan Shoppy of PurpleRow.com, the Colorado Rockies website, as part of the SB Nation network of blogs with about that trade and what the Phillies got. So again, a lot going on. I was actually thinking going into this recording that we were going to talk about what might happen, with the trade deadline, but uh, here in the last 24 hours, the Phillies are really making their moves here. Um, we will come back in a moment to talk more about what Hellickson is up to, if the Phillies are going to make a move here and finalize that trade with the Baltimore Orioles. Again, Hellickson potentially on his way to Baltimore. We'll let you know if that happens. Hopefully that happens before I'm done recording here. But let's go over uh, to my conversation with Ryan Shoppy of PurpleRoad.com, and we'll talk a little bit more about the exchange, uh, the return that the Phillies got in that deal with the Rockies for Pat Neshek. Well, I wanted to get to know some of the prospects that the Phillies got in the Pat Neshek trade, and for that I wanted to turn to somebody from the Rockies community. I have with me Ryan Shoppy, who is the assistant, one of the assistant editors at Purple Row at purplerow.com, which is a Colorado Rockies website under the SD Nation network of blogs. We're going to talk a little bit about these prospects. Ryan, welcome to the Phillies Nation podcast. Thank you. Great to join you guys. Thanks. Uh, so I guess first off, wanted to get a sense from you, being that you cover the Rockies, and, you know, we all like to play armchair prospect raider uh, when things happen like this, but it'd be much easier for you to get a sense. You know, what do you think about the haul that you guys gave up in this Nishek trade, the three guys that came over? Do you think it was too much or too little, or what's your sense of it? I think it's a pretty fair um, package that was sent for this 
market. I think if we were talking about last year or even the year before, I'd consider an underpay, like that the Rockies, you know, were able to send cheap prospects. But I was even writing a couple of weeks ago when the first trade started coming in, outside of that Jose Quintana trade, pretty much the market's been really suppressed for the team selling. And so what you're seeing is a lot of these teams, instead of getting that one big prospect, you know, they can headline the deal with, they're they're focusing on trying to get two or three low-level lottery picks, kind of, and hoping that one of them develops. And they're just trying to go for that quantity over quality, hoping they can find a, a hit there. So I think overall it was a very fair deal for both sides. Rocky's got some immediate impact and a rental that they need to, you know, solidify the bullpen. And the Phillies got three young guys who, you know, they've got upside, but they're a ways away that could help the Phillies down the road. Yeah, and as you said, you know, uh, it's a rental, so I don't imagine that the Phillies could have had anything major from the Rockies with this trade. But certainly three, and I think everybody in Philadelphia has been saying lottery picks, uh, is a pretty decent haul for the Phillies. You know, having a couple different options here and seeing them in the system, which is already pretty decent, and seeing them grow would be, you know, I think a very optimal move for the Phillies at this point in time. Get anything as they can from Pat Neshek. Um So, yeah. so let's... One one more note on that, if you don't mind. The thing that's kind of interesting about it is the Rocky system makes it like these are three guys who personally I've been following, so I know them. You know, they're you know I like them on a personal level, but in terms of actually the depth coming out of the Rocky system, they've built such a deep system that like Baseball America, none of these three guys were even in the Rockies' top thirty, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of crazy because yeah, I mean one of them was an MLB pipeline, Jose Gomez. But these are guys who I think in most farm systems would have been higher. So I think that's really where, from the Rockies' perspective, it's like, eh, you know, we lost three guys. But I could see definitely from another team going, hey, we just got three lottery picks. It's great. Yeah, and that speaks also to how good the Rocky system is. It is one of the best systems in the game right now. Um, so let's talk about the three guys that the Phillies received here. Uh, first off, Jose Gomez, who I think most people would say is – the best player right now in the deal. He's the one who is ranked of anybody in the prospect list. Uh, tell me about Jose Gomez, what you've seen, what you like, what you think he needs to work on. Uh, go right ahead. Um, Jose Gomez, I actually saw him in person last year when he was at the Grand Junction Rockies. And I love the kid. You know, he actually, I probably personally had him ranked higher than almost anybody else in the Rocky system. I had him in my top 15. Um yeah just because the skills are there and I'm leaning more towards he might be able to stick at shortstop than a lot of scouts are. Um, okay. I've seen a lot of guys go through ground junction and, you know, if he doesn't stick at shortstop, that obviously hurts, but just the slight chance of him sticking at shortstop in my eyes catapults his volume or his value. Um, so, you know, solid. The thing about him is he's doing very well right now. Obviously, he tore up the Pioneer League. He's currently in the, you know, the Sally League and doing extremely well. Yep. Um, he, unlike a lot of younger players, because he, I mean, he is very young, I don't know how much physical projection you're still going to get out of him. Um, that's not just from my personal experience. Reading some of the scouting reports, some of the things that people are saying about him is that he's maybe already topped out his physical tools. Okay. So... That's a little bit of a worry because, you know, he's not going to put on, you know, the other 10, 15 pounds and all of a sudden add 10 more home runs to his numbers. What you see now power-wise is probably what you're going to get. Um, he's a very smart player. So sometimes I'm not even sure how much of it is how talented versus he is literally getting 100% out of his tools already. And if that's the case, it's worrisome because if he's already getting 100% of his tools and it's just his intelligence, you know, and his baseball smarts is making the play, 
I think he's going to top out as a utility infielder. Um, okay. If he does still have some projection in there, you might be looking at, you know, a, an, an average starter. But that that's kind of that, that weird thing where because he is so physically mature already, I don't know how much of a, you know, he's not going to be a, that high-end shortstop prospect, I don't think, at any point. I think he could be like that. One person, I think, maybe to compare him in the Rocky system that people would be familiar with is Pat Vileka. Mm. Um, and Vileka is a little bit different because he came out of the college game, but still very similar where Vileka was never big-name prospect, never big-name prospect, but just kind of moved through the system, did very well, did very well, and now he's, you know, hit four, three or four pinch hit home runs for the Rockies and is the backup infielder. Great piece, but he's not Trevor Story either for the Rockies kind of thing. So you, if the physicality, if that might be hitting its top uh, level here, that, I mean, the defense, you're saying, could be an equalizer in some respects because, as everybody else has said, and you said, you know, most people are writing him off as a shortstop in the future, but you seem to see more of that. What did you see in Grand Junction uh, live that maybe changed your mind and make you think differently? It's, I think it's just his intelligence in it. I mean, it's one of those things that there's some guys who – they just aren't physically gifted enough to play shortstop, but yet they somehow manage to make it work because they're always set up right. They're always making the right plays. They maximize everything. You know, he's not going to be the, the Angleton Simmons with just pure natural gift, but he could be that guy who just manages to stick at shortstop because he's a smart baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so with his hitting right now, I mean, as you said, he was tearing up, uh, he tore up the Pioneer League last year, and now he's doing very well in the Sally. I mean, is this sort of out of – it's very good numbers he's putting up. Are these wildly out of what he's really capable of? Or do you think that those will kind of crater a little bit more? Or do you think he is more of like a 300-ish kind of hitter or somewhere around there in the big leagues, even if he's in a utility role? And that's where the projection kind of comes into place, where if he's topped out physically, I could see his numbers just taking a slight dip every level up. Yeah, yeah, You know, where now the time he hits the majors, he's hitting 260 because he just doesn't have anything else to mature. But, you know, maybe he can overcome that. And if he does, you know, I think if he is a 300 average, you're not going to be – it's going to be a pretty, you know, I'm thinking, you know, looking at your other numbers, he's not going to be like the 300 average with the 400 on base percentage and 500 slugging. It would be more of a, a 300, 350, 400, which, mm-hmm. depending on the ballpark you're in, is still very good. But I think that would probably be like top ceiling cap. Okay. Uh, well, Jose Gomez, I believe, is in Lakewood to start. Um, he might actually go to high A Clearwater. Uh, either way, still a ways away for him. Um, all right, Alejandro Orquena, and I hope I pronounced the last name correctly. I've been looking for that pronunciation. But um, right-handed pitcher, and he seems to be kind of, I mean, if we're talking lottery lottery tickets, he seems to be the most lottery tickety of anybody here because there's a lot more to him than it seems the numbers are showing. Uh, what's your take? Um. Personally, my biggest lottery ticket is the guy we'll be talking about next. I think J.D. Hammer is probably your biggest okay. lottery ticket. Okay. Um, and we'll talk about him when we get to him. We're kind of – I'm low on him. Um, our community actually ranked him in the top 30. We do a Purple Rose actually in the middle of releasing our top 30 midseason prospects. So we were the highest. As a community, we were higher than both Baseball America and, like, MLB Pipeline. We had him in the top 30. Mm-hmm. I personally didn't have him in my ballot. I had him down in the 40s. Okay. And the thing that I don't see the strikeouts, and it's one of those weird things that when you're looking at low-level pitching prospects, you kind of want to see strikeouts. You want to see something that's just gonna, you know, they need to go blow guys away because if you can't blow guys away on the low levels, it's gonna make it really hard moving up. 
But he's got some stuff. He's got some projection there still. Unlike Gomez, I think this is a guy that could possibly still add another, you know, mile or two to their velocity, add a little bit more cut to the fastball. And next thing you know, he is striking guys out. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a ways out. Um, the overall numbers, like if you look at last year in Grand Junction, he wasn't catching anybody's eye. Almost a five-year array, 1.5 whip. You know, sitting right at the eight strikeout per nine, which is solid. This year, the numbers are better, obviously. I mean, he's sitting with a sub-three ERA. The whip's right around one. But I'm still not necessarily seeing the strikeouts and that you want to see. And it's also a concern, once again, when you see those numbers dipping as they progress levels because if they continue to dip, then at some point they just they top out. Yeah. Um but I think that there is something there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, anytime you get a lottery pick, it's like, could this guy become a major league pitcher? Yeah. I mean, I think he, you know, you look at, like, the Rockies, Antonio Zatella. I think that would probably be, like, his his ceiling, you know. But, okay. And Zatella has won 10 games in the majors this year somehow. So, you know, there there is that. I'm not going to say he's no chance. But I don't I don't see him being that that lottery, oh, this guy has a chance of becoming, you know, uh, uh, one or two. I think his ceiling tops out is probably a three or four in the majors. No, I mean, it definitely seems like his numbers this year are, I mean, they're much improved, but who knows how much of that is smoke and mirrors. You're saying the strikeout numbers um, seem to be about on par from last year, I think, the the K for nine rates, which I guess you'd like to see Mm -hmm. that improve. So, yeah, I, I mean, I can see what you're saying. And, and you compare him to the other guys in the Lakewood rotation, which he'll be joining, um, you know, his numbers are going to kind of, you know, kind of Paul in comparison. The guys in Lakewood have incredible strikeout numbers. So, it, uh, yeah, you're right. I think, I think you know, it'd be great to see this guy top out as a, as a back-end starter in the major leagues because that means he make, makes it to the major leagues. So what you're saying is, you know, don't bet the farm on this guy. Just keep an eye on him a little bit. Yeah, and one thing to keep in mind sometimes is when these guys change systems, especially pitchers, there's times where just different systems manage to unlock something. One guy um, that is currently on the Rockies' radar, Yancey Amante, Amante, sorry, he was a guy that was in a couple of different systems, the White Sox system and before that the Angel system, and just didn't look special at all. And the Rockies picked him up, funny enough, for Tommy Canley um, mm. two years ago, before Tommy Canley really blew everybody away with the White Sox. And all of a sudden, he hit the Rocky system, strikeout rate jumped through the roof, walk weight went down. He's now sitting in AAA, and he's the next guy on the Rockies list. So with Rakana, the physical, like, there's, there's, there's things to like there. And you never know. An organization sometimes just, you know, the philosophy just fits the player better. And, you know, having that change might all of a sudden, boom, this guy, you know, jumps that K rate up to nine. And all of a sudden now he looks like a legit prospect. Yeah, yeah. All right, so J.D. Hammer, and we instantly all fell in love with him when the trade was announced because we saw the pictures, you know, his glasses, the name obviously is amazing. All those things are wonderful. Uh, Can he play is the other question. And you're saying that this 23-year-old pitcher definitely has lottery ticket potential. What do you like about J.D. Hammer? Um, Well, besides the picture and the name, um, (laughs) his strikeouts. The guy's got a fastball that is just phenomenal. And his story is kind of cool, actually. And it's kind of sad. Like, he's the one that, even though he's probably the lowest of the three prospect ranking rise, as a community, he was the one that everybody was like, no, not Hammer, don't trade Hammer. And we found out he was gone, you know. It's like, that, that was the one that our community loves this guy. Yeah. He's a Colorado native, which that adds to the story, you know, especially with Kyle Freeland, you know, opening up home day this year for the Rockies and doing well. You know, you always love the guys from your from your area. And he was a Colorado native that went to college. He was a college starter, 
Um, and the Rockies drafted him last year. Let me pull the number real quick. 24th round last year. Yep. And he went to Grand Junction, and the Rockies immediately switched him over to relief. Like, from the beginning, they knew that they drafted this guy, college starter, he was going to be a reliever. And he showed something good last year. And that little bit of thing, you know, 52 strikeouts and 43 innings. So above nine strikeouts, but, you know, but good, keeping the walk numbers down. Well, then this year they sent him to our low A level, our full season A in the Sally League. And you're talking like 15 strikeouts per nine. Yeah. And closing and not walking guys, the fastball sits in the mid-90s can, and is already – I don't think – once again, he's a little older, so I don't know how much more you can – I don't think you're going to see the guy hitting 100, but then again, you never know. But, I mean, right. he can hit 97, 98. Fastball's got good movement. Unfortunately, he does not throw a curveball, which is the biggest travesty in baseball, um, with a name like J.D. Hammer. And if anybody's wanting J.D., <laughs> just answer John Dell. It's it's a very boring name, so J.D.'s definitely better. But yeah. – um. Then they promoted him very aggressively mid-season, sent him to high A in Lancaster, which is the most hitter-friendly ballpark and the most hitter-friendly league in the minors. So anytime you see numbers like a 5.25 ERA, you're always like, oh, crap, what happened? And it's really not that bad. I mean, the ball there, you can have pop-up and it'll fly out in Lancaster somehow. The wind catches it. It's just this. Truthfully, I, I wish we were in any other ballpark other than that for a high A development. But in some ways, I guess it prepares guys for Coors Field. If you look at the underlying numbers, once again, he's striking out, I think, 14.5 per nine. Um, the walks are a little bit higher and worrisome at high A, but the raw stuff is still good. And he looks like he's the guy that could be that lockdown late inning. They've been developing him as a closer, and I think he's the guy that, you know, and sooner than you think, I mean, he's always been in high A, college guy. He's the kind of guy that next September you could be seeing in your bullpen. Um, so very quick, and but also I think he's a, he's got potential to be a closer at the big league level. So I, I love the fact that he has that mid nineties fastball. I mean, that is you know very valuable to have in any bullpen. Um, but as you said, the walks are a little high. Now look, it's only been you know eleven innings or so in high A, twelve innings. Uh, so I don't want to take that sample and just say he's walking a lot more guys and that's an issue. But is there any sort of underlying issue about the fact that he only really has one established pitch and guys might be just, you know, seeing now what he's capable of and then he's got to start working on the other things. And since he's 23, he's a little bit older. Is there Are those worries kind of more than we should sort of, you know, we shouldn't worry about them or should we worry about them? You know, what 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 do you think about that? I think there's always going to be some worry. I mean, with any prospect, there's, you can always find some reason to freak out. Like, you look at the number one prospect in baseball right now, Yohan Moncada, and I'm like, I don't know if this guy's going to make it because he strikes out too much. So <laughs> yeah. there's always some reason to be concerned, um, you know, and there's always – I mean, even your best prospects wash out sometimes, so you never know. The walk rate I'm less worried about simply because it doesn't compare to his two previous years, so I'm more likely to throw that off to small sample size for now, you know, adjusting to a different league. You know, he just went from humid air down in Asheville where you get a good grip on the baseball to now he's throwing in the hot, you know, air in Lancaster, dry, and he's probably having trouble getting a grip on the fastball. You know, that's probably something that I'm more thinking than anything else. Um, as far as um, the secondary stuff, he does throw actually a decent slider. Um, it's hit and miss, and part of that is just the fact that I think his fastball is so good. You know, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're a reliever – 
you know, and a lot of his, he doesn't throw long innings. You know, you go up there and you're throwing two, three, four pitches to a guy and they can't hit your fastball, you just throw your fastball. Sure. And as a reliever, I'm not as worried about off-secondary stuff. Um, if he's got something at least to keep the guy offline, Jake McGee's in the Rockies bullpen and he's succeeding with 95% fastballs. Hmm. Um, so you, if your fastball is good, as a reliever, you can make it. I mean, and he's got some cut on it, which, you know, you want to throw out the big comp so you know, can a reliever make it with just a cut fastball? Mariano Rivera made it with nothing more than a cut fastball, did very well, and currently we're watching the Dodgers close with these very similar things. So, Kenny Jansen. So, if your fastball is good and it's got cut, and that relief, one inning outing, it's good enough. And his might just be good enough to reach that level. Well, the good news for him, then, is he's going to the Florida State League now, and he'll be playing Clearwater on the Gulf Coast of Florida. So uh, maybe that fastball and that humid air is going to help, you know, it's going to help his fastball a lot more, and he'll be able to kind of yeah. get the feel for it again, which is which is all good news. Um, so basically three lottery tickets and, and, you know, some good, some bad, obviously, because they're prospects. We don't know until we, we see them uh, in the big leagues if they get there. But uh, definitely some decent, you know, interesting guys that we can look at for the next couple of years to kind of add to this good farm system that we have now. So, um, and Pat Neshek, you know, I think you guys are going to be pretty happy with him. Uh, he's been incredible this year. He has a very interesting delivery, and guys are going to have a lot of trouble picking that up and scouting that. So we wish you guys luck with uh, Pat Neshek and, you know, hopefully get to the playoffs because we're tired of seeing the Giants. They're not going to make it this year. We're definitely tired of seeing them make it every year. Yeah, for sure. We're We're very – even if, you know, we're having a doubly great year, one because the Rockies are doing well and second because the Giants, you know, should shoot themselves in the foot about a dozen times already this season. So we are definitely enjoying that. Thank you very <laughs> much for your well wishes. No, no, no problem. Uh, Ryan Shoppy, who is with the Purple Row at purplerow.com, thanks for coming on and talking to Rockies Prospects. Thank you very much. You guys have fun with the new guys. All right, welcome back to the Phillies Nation Podcast Special Edition, pre-trade deadline edition. And it looks as if we have some news to report here. The Phillies have traded Jeremy Hellickson to the Baltimore Orioles, according to John Heyman of FanRag Sports. Heyman reporting that the Orioles will be acquiring Hellickson. No news yet on exactly what the Phillies are getting in exchange in this deal, but it seems as if the Phillies tonight have made two major deals. Howie Kendrick going to the Nationals. Mackenzie Mills back to the Phillies in the deal. Mills, again, a six foot four inch 205-pound left-hander who's in Class A, has a lot of projectable interest uh, as far as his fastball in the low 90s. Pretty good uh, breaking stuff and a changeup that can be worked on. Could potentially be a uh, back-end rotation guy or maybe a late-innings reliever. Pretty good move there for the Phillies. They weren't done, though, tonight as Matt Klintak is now moving Jeremy Hellickson to Baltimore. That move seems to be almost official. Uh, Again, John Heyman of FanRag Sports reporting that Jeremy Hellickson will be going to Baltimore. No word yet on what the return is going to be for the Phillies. But a really big night for the Phillies as we record this extra special pre-trade deadline podcast. A lot of movement for the Phillies. Again, as you just heard me talk with Ryan Shoppy of PurpleRow.com, the Phillies getting some really interesting pieces in that Pat Neshek deal earlier this week. Jose Gomez, obviously someone that could potentially be a major league utility player, maybe even more depending on how he develops. If that physical stature develops a little bit more than maybe he believes, uh, maybe he could be that sort of starting player for a decent major league team. We'll see what happens there with him. 
RJ Hammer, very interesting prospect. He's someone who's a little bit older, 23 years old, but he has that really good fastball hitting in the mid-90s. Maybe he's someone who can move up pretty quickly through the ranks and make a major league bullpen very soon. I believe I said RD Hammer earlier on the show. It's very confusing evening right now, um, but RJ Hammer, of course, is his name. But right now, Philly's making a lot of moves right now. So Howie Kendrick, again, moved to the Nationals. Mackenzie Mills coming back to the Phillies in the deal. Mills, again, six foot four inch, 205-pound left-handed pitcher. Uh, has a lot of projectable fastball power. Could potentially move that second and third pitch, get him to a spot where he can be a really good late innings reliever or a back-end starter. Right now, he is in a ball in the South Atlantic League, potentially probably going to go to the Lakewood starting rotation. Maybe if the Phillies are thinking about it, we'll move him to Clearwater, but I would imagine he will start this year, uh, continue this year, that is, in Lakewood. Um, and right now we're still waiting to find out what happens with Hellickson. So Baltimore again, it looks like Hellickson will be going to Baltimore. We don't know what the return is. We have word from uh, uh, John Heyman that this is going to go down. Ken Rosenthal now tweeting that the Orioles are trying to finalize the Hellickson deal. They're also trying to trade uh, Zach Britton. Um, So they're doing a lot right now. It seems as if they just want to get some rotation help to get through the season while at the same time getting rid of some of their more valuable relief parts, uh, which makes sense because the Orioles right now, I believe, are something like five or six games under 500. They're about seven games or so out of the wild card, or excuse me, seven games out of second place in the East. Uh, the wild card a little bit more back than that. So if you're the Red, if you're the Orioles, that is, you're thinking about well, it would take a lot to kind of overcome those odds in the American League. Maybe we should sell the pieces that teams are really looking for. Uh, relief aces like Britain are are very highly sought right now. And of course, Nishek getting three. Uh, uh, three players going for Pat Neshek. So potentially, um, you know, we have uh, a really good return for Zach Britton. Why not move those valuable players in a trade? Meanwhile, let's try to get some sort of starting rotation help so we can at least get through the year and ensure that our rebuild is going to start in the way that we wanted to. But the Orioles right now looking like uh, they are going to get Jeremy Hellickson uh, here in this uh, very late part of the Friday night uh, before the trade deadline. The Phillies trying to get rid of all their value. And the question really to me is, you know, looks like Kendrick's gone here, right? Kendrick has been traded. Hellickson, if he goes here tonight, we'll see what happens again. Are the Phillies going to try to trade Tommy Joseph? And that might be squashed. Uh, on Friday night, the Phillies playing the Braves, and Tommy Joseph got hurt late in the game. We don't know yet what's going to happen with Joseph. We don't know if he's going to be out for any period, what's going to happen there. But it seems as if uh, if he is hurt, that would open the door for Reese Hoskins to be called up to the Phillies. Now, if that happens... At what point do the Phillies, when Tommy Joseph comes back, decide that they need to do something with that 
problem at first base. Are they going to have both guys play first base? And there's been a lot of talk recently about, yeah, that's probably going to happen. Joseph and Hoskins are going to share time at first base, and they're just going to have to deal with that until the end of the season. And then when the offseason starts, the Phillies can then think about exactly what is going to happen uh, between Hoskins and uh, and uh, um, Tommy Joseph. But as of right now, you know, you can't really do anything with Joseph. If he's hurt and he goes on the DL, then he can't be traded. They're going to have to wait till the waiver deadline. And really, at that point, I don't know if any team's going to be interested. As we already know, there doesn't seem to be a big market for Tommy Joseph. The Yankees have already made their move. Todd Frazier coming to the Yankees. He's playing some first base. It doesn't look like the Yankees are going to make another deal for the corner infield. Doesn't seem to be the, any other team that really needs first base help. The Angels have been kind of in talks. Uh, they've been at least rumored to be maybe interested in a first baseman, but there hasn't been any real talk linking the Angels or any other team to Tommy Joseph. And the Phillies kind of acknowledging that too. Matt Klintak saying, we're just going to go with what, what we're doing here. Um, you know, there hasn't been any serious word about what's going to happen with Tommy Joseph. It seems as if he's going to stay on this team through the trade deadline, and the Phillies are just going to have to work with potentially calling up Reese Hoskins and having him share some time with Tommy Joseph. That's all well and good for a couple months. That should be fine. But again, in the offseason, they're going to have to think about what they have to do here, whether it means trading Tommy Joseph or trading Reese Hoskins or doing something else. I don't know what, but they'll probably have to make some sort of move to ensure that first base is freed up for the future. So we just found out now that uh, Matt Breen of uh, Philly.com one of our guests on the Phillies Nation podcast earlier this year, reporting that Jeremy Hellickson has been traded to the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, we don't know, however, what the return is in this trade, but it seems as if this is a done deal. Jeremy Hellickson has been traded to the uh, Baltimore Orioles. We don't know yet what the return is. We'll let you know when that happens. Hopefully that happens before we come off the air here. I want to try to get this podcast done Really, before 30 minutes, I don't want to make this a long podcast. I don't have a lot to talk about. We were going to talk a lot about what the Phillies could get in certain deals, but right now there's a lot of things happening. So, you know, that's what's happening. Um, Just to talk a little bit more about Tommy Joseph, you know, we had talked about maybe what could happen in Tommy Joseph deal. I'll say this. If Tommy Joseph is traded and he goes to, let's say, the Yankees or the Cleveland Indians— there really aren't many other teams that would be interested in Joseph. Most of the contending teams right now have a first baseman already in place. So I can't imagine a team really needing him, but if he goes to a team like the Yankees or Indians, um, I could potentially see the Phillies getting back maybe like a team top 20 guy, probably a pitcher potentially a fourth outfielder type or a utility infielder type, much in the same vein as the Pat Neshek trade with Jose Gomez. You might get a guy who is not necessarily a sure thing, but someone who could potentially become either a utility infielder or a starter on a third division kind of team. I don't think Tommy Joseph's trade value is that high. If you're the Phillies and you're looking to get some value for Tommy Joseph, I would try to do the same thing they just did for Howie Kendrick. Get a guy who's projectable, who's younger, maybe in the low minors, Class A, even rookie league, something like that, 
but someone who has the projectable uh, uh, projectable arm or a projectable bat, someone who has some raw power or maybe maybe a you know really good fastball that just needs to be controlled a little bit better. That kind of player is what you might get in Tommy Joseph trade. You might get a better value. You might get a guy who's not necessarily a top forty prospect and is sort of a big sort of wild card or lottery ticket, but you might get a you know a guy who you could probably project at least a major league career out of. You know, if he's a if he's a pitcher who has a good fastball and a workable second pitch, right? And can at least be either a number five starter in the majors or, you know, maybe like a middle reliever or something like that. That could be possible. But don't don't think that the Phillies are gonna get a big deal for Tommy Joseph. I don't imagine the trade will be made today. The Phillies have made some very interesting moves in the last couple of days here. I mean, they have been able to move guys who we didn't think that they were going to move. But I don't imagine them trading Tommy Joseph simply because the market isn't there. The market is much more... The market is bigger for a starting pitcher like Jeremy Hellickson because you have five starting pitchers that you need to fill. And any team that is at least within sniffing distance of a wild card is going to be interested in a starting pitcher. In the Orioles interest they're looking at just shoring up a rotation that needs arms they don't have a very good farm system as far as starting pitching is concerned they need someone to fill in the gap so they are going to make a trade just to ensure that they have a starting pitcher there's not a lot of teams out there that are interested in getting a league average first baseman and look joseph's been hitting better recently his power is up a little bit more But don't imagine the Phillies are going to be able to unload Joseph for anything interesting because I don't think there's many teams out there that are really interested in a guy like Tommy Joseph. It's just the way it is. But as it is right now, Matt Klintak really making some moves to ensure that this team at least opens up some roster space uh, coming out of the trade deadline. There are reports, um, and I don't know how true these are right now, that Hellickson would be going to the Orioles and the Orioles would actually pay some of that salary. So as it stands, it looks like the Phillies won't be getting a lot in this kind of deal. Because remember, Jeremy Hellickson is being paid $17.8 million this season because he did reject that qualifying offer and decided to stay with the Phillies. He took the qualifying offer and decided to stay with the Phillies instead of rejecting it and going to the open market. So as it stands, I think the Phillies are probably going to get some sort of salary relief for Jeremy Hellickson, which isn't a big deal. I don't think Hellickson has been at best average this year. He wasn't going to be part of this team next year. They they had to recoup something. So we'll see what happens. Unfortunately, I don't want to keep going here much longer. Um, and it sounds like the Orioles are going to announce this trade once their game is over tonight. And I think they are playing um, in a different time zone right now. So we're not going to be able to know what happens there until the game is over. Just to take a look at what the Orioles are doing tonight, they are... So the game has just ended. Apologies to me. They're actually playing uh, in Texas, in uh, Arlington, at Globe Life Park. The game just ended. So we'll see here. Um, I'll try to stay with it for the next minute and see if we have a deal here. It's a crazy night, but the Phillies clearly making a lot of moves. Again, the first move tonight, Howie Kendrick 
traded to the Washington Nationals. The Phillies getting Mackenzie Mills in exchange. Mills, a six foot four, two hundred five pound left-hander who had a twelve and two record this year with a three point oh one ERA, one hundred and eighteen strikeouts, and twenty two walks. Very good numbers. Uh, the Phillies also getting some money for the international draft pool. In that deal, they're going to be able to use that to potentially sign some interesting free agents when the international signing period begins next season. Philly's also sending cash in that deal, which allows them to get the better prospect in that deal, Mackenzie Mills. But again, the second trade that is likely to happen here today, Jeremy Hellickson to the Baltimore Orioles. It'll be announced any moment now. And it seems as if the Phillies might be eating up some money in that trade. They're probably going to let the Orioles pay some of that. So they're going to have to eat up prospects, I should say, not get a lot back in return. We'll see if that happens. But again, a very interesting trade deadline for the Phillies as they made much more uh, noise than we ever thought they would. I think going into this deadline, we all thought it was just going to be Neshek that was going. And that trade was done on Wednesday. And that was it. But here we are on Friday night before uh, the deadline, and we have a Hellickson trade, and we have a Kendrick trade. As far as any other trades, again, Tommy Joseph, I can't imagine it. It could happen. There hasn't been many reports on who might be interested in Tommy Joseph, so that's a problem. Who else could go? There had been talks about maybe Michael Franco is on the block. Maybe Cesar Hernandez is on the block. Maybe Freddie Galvis is on the block. I don't think that's going to happen here. Franco, for one, there's no other third baseman in the system that they can potentially pull in here and slide into third base. Plus, Franco's value isn't very high. So if I'm the Phillies, I'm trying to see as much as I can if Michael Franco can play at a major league level as that cleanup hitter or even a really good role player. Still hasn't been determined, but hey, if you're the Phillies, why not let it happen? Let it, you know, see what happens here with uh, with Michael Franco and not pull the trigger so early on him. Meanwhile, Freddie Galvis, you do have J.P. Crawford in Lehigh Valley who's playing so much better over the last month and a half, two months, but I don't know if there's much of a market for Freddie Galvis. Yeah, Galvis is a great defensive player, but his offense is left to be desired, and most of the contending teams right now have very good shortstops. So, there's not really much of a need for the Phillies to try to pull a trigger on a Galvis deal if there's not a lot there for them to get. And Cesar Hernandez, kind of same deal. Second base is not really a sought-after position in this trade deadline. Cesar Hernandez has been valuable to the Phillies. And as much as we want to see Scott Kingery on this team, and, and yeah, he deserves to be on this team sooner than later, I think the Phillies are not necessarily trying to make a Cesar Hernandez deal just to get uh, Scott Kingery into the majors. Kingery probably is a September call-up, uh, potentially the offseason at the latest for spring training, but I don't think there's any need to move Cesar Hernandez right now. He's he's a good player. He gives the Phillies something that they need, and that's consistent, consistency on the average level, the contact level, and the offense, and there's not really much of a market for him. So I wouldn't imagine that there would be a Cesar Hernandez or Freddie Galvis or Michael Franco trade over the next couple of days, I wouldn't imagine that there would be any Odubel Herrera trades or Aaron Altair trades. I think the Phillies are pretty much where they need to be at this point. 
and I'd be surprised. I think this is it. Um, if there is any other trades, we will definitely be on at philliesnation.com. We will have all of your news information, rumors, and much more, all of your feedback about the trade, what we believe as far as reaction and what we're getting in returns from any trade that happens. Uh, but I think at this point, we are kind of looking straight at here, a Jeremy Hellickson deal to end this Friday night and then probably the end of the trade deadline for the Phillies. But all told, Matt Klentak's doing a good job making sure that the Phillies do have some roster spots freed up and they do get rid of those veterans that really would have been wasteful pieces on this team going into 2018. So no return yet on the Hellickson deal. He's going to Baltimore. Love to get a return, but it's not going to happen. So we're going to end this podcast right now. We'll see um, if something happens in the next minute or two. Maybe I'll add something to the end of this podcast. But as it stands, I would probably stop right now, and we'll see what happens over the next hour or so with the Hellickson trade. And that's it. Interesting night for the Phillies. Howie Kendrick to Washington. They get Mackenzie Mills back in return, a very interesting prospect who's probably going to slot into Lakewood. The Phillies making that Neshek deal, getting three very interesting players who could, one of them could end up in the major leagues in the next couple of years, and that'd be a very good deal for the Phillies. And Jeremy Hellickson going to Baltimore. We'll get more on that as soon as it happens at philliesnation.com. For the Phillies Nation podcast, special edition, Tim Malcolm here. We'll let you know what happens when it happens at philliesnation.com. Until then, we'll talk to you. Just as I figured, you get a couple extra seconds here as the Orioles announced the trade just bef- just after I hung up the microphone. The Phillies received Garrett Clevenger in the deal for Jeremy Hellickson. Hellickson going to the Orioles. The Phillies get Clevenger, who is a 23-year-old left-handed relief pitcher currently in the Orioles system. He's in A Bowie, where he has a 6.28 ERA in 38.2 innings. He also has 42 strikeouts and 23 walks. His strikeout per nine is 9.8. His walk per nine is 5.4. He had really good numbers before this year. He was uh, in, uh, before this, high A Frederick and class A Delmarva in 2016, where he put up a combined strikeout per nine of 12 and a walk per nine of four. Walks are a little still high, uh, but he had an ERA of 3.07 during that time. He's a projectable lefty, potentially reliever who's got a very interesting sort of low 90s fastball with a lot of deception. He has a curveball that can get into about the mid-70s. It gets in for strikes, but um, it has sort of an average bite, maybe fringy according to baseball prospectus. And he has a working changeup that is not quite there yet, but could potentially become a major league pitch. What does this mean? Well, he's sort of a back-end kind of relief option. In the Orioles system, he's somewhere in the low 20s, probably 27, 28 in their system. In the Philly system, he's much more closer to 50. He's sort of a middling kind of minor league prospect who could make the majors one day and maybe even have a nice career, but you wouldn't necessarily plan a lot on it. As far as if the Phillies won or lost this trade, I will say this. The Phillies gave up a guy who was making a lot of money and who was basically a rental 
for a kid who has potential of being a decent reliever in the future. We also get news, however, that Dan Connolly, who covers uh, the Baltimore Orioles uh, for, I'm trying to find this out here, for MLB.com, so he's very knowledgeable. He says that the Hellickson deal also includes a major leaguer, and we're talking about on the Phillies' end. So the Phillies would be sending Hellickson to the Orioles and potentially getting Clevenger international money uh, as well as they did with the national deal for Mackenzie Mills. They got international slot money. But they also might get a major leaguer in this deal. And if that happens, if the Phillies get a major leaguer in this deal, and I'm going to have to hang up before that probably becomes official, that actually is pretty decent. Um, we'll see if that is the, a big contract. Potentially Obato Jimenez, who's on the Orioles and is on the hook for quite a lot of money still this year. That could be the return which means the Phillies can potentially slot him into the rotation or maybe not, or wave him. Who knows what happens there? But it's potential that the Phillies will get a major leaguer in this trade with the Orioles for Jeremy Hellickson, though it's not official yet. They definitely get Garrett Clevenger, who is a 23-year-old double-A arm who has potential as a middle reliever at his best. We'll see. We will let you, uh, we'll keep you updated on philliesnation.com with all of the info. For now, Tim Malcolm signing off for good. See you later.